Hey, welcome, my friend, to the Town Hall Academy, episode 134. That was broadcast live from Biloxi, Mississippi, during my participation at a Napa conference. My panel of shop owners flushed out a few burning market trends and what they're exactly doing about it. The team stepped to the plate, really. When that's the discussion I, I had before, you know, I was like, you know, we're going to have to take care of our customers because we don't want us closing, you know, on the weekends to negatively impact our customers. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey friends, Carm Capriato, the Aftermarket Podcast Guy, and so glad to welcome you to this Town Hall Academy episode. We are dropping topics on hybrid repair and marketing, building a technician training resume, avoiding a viral social goof, customer ADAS training, and communication tactics, among others. Hey, I want to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support. Let me provide you another reason to support Jasper. It's their commitment to continuous improvement, their investment in research and development, product updates, and remanufacturing processes means Jasper provides the perfect product. Go to jasperengines.com for more info. If you're new to the Aftermarket's premier podcast, you can listen on desktop or on a free podcast listening app. Now, you know I have my own. Find it in your app store. Search for Remarkable Results Radio, and then there are over a dozen other free listening apps besides my own that you can listen, like Apple and Google Podcasts, Radio Republic, and Spreaker. To find them, go to remarkableresults.biz slash listen. With me in this episode are three shop owners who really enjoyed sharing their battle scars of success. And for that matter, they continue to earn their scars, like we all do. From Expertech Auto Repair is Kathleen Jarzik from Englewood, Florida. Kurt Valvis is here, co-owner of Guy's Foreign Car Repair in Materi, Louisiana. And Brent Robinson, co-owner with his brother Brian in Snellville Auto Center in Snellville, Georgia. And Loganville Auto Center in Loganville, Georgia. Hey, we spent our time on the big stage at the 2019 Southeast Division Napa Auto Care Conference in Biloxi, Mississippi. And I met a lot of new friends and continue to discover from many fans of the podcast that we are helping to change lives and the direction of the service professional. And thanks to Napa Southeast Division leadership for their great hospitality. Find the key talking points for this episode at remarkableresults.biz slash A134. And you can also see the video there. I am on the road. If you have not noticed uh, these beautiful velvet red curtains behind me, uh, must tell you that uh, something's going on. I'm at the Napa, the 2019 Southeast Division Auto Care Conference with Napa. And uh, what a blast so far. Uh, we're in Biloxi, Mississippi. There's a lot going on here, and uh, uh, we're, we're just part of this thing. I'm, I'm hanging out with, uh, with the group, about 600 strong here in Biloxi at the Beau Rivage Casino. So, so here we are uh, getting ready to talk about market changes and what I'm doing about it, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people out there listening to say, okay, I, I know what to do. That's great. I'm glad you know what to do. But here's some other people that may give you a different perspective on what they think are big issues with them. You know, and I think a lot about ADAS and technology and coopetition, and I think of marketing and all the great things that are being thrown at us at the speed of life. And did I mention uh, electric vehicles and hybrids? 
I know that's something that you know is coming hard and fast at you, Brent. It is. Um, we've been in business for 33 years this year, and they're definitely out there. Of course, it started with the hybrids. We learned the basics, you know, at first, and then we saw more and more of them and decided to send our guys into some training classes to become more comfortable. And um, just over time, we, we've realized they're not as scary and ominous as they seemed in the beginning. You know, they still have tires and brakes and oil changes. So when your guys went to training and they came back, what did they say? They didn't want to touch the big orange wire. <laughs> I hear that all the time. That's no fun. I hear Where's that all your the sense time. Of adventure. But no, I mean they uh, they were definitely interested in how the systems worked together the in, the in, the gasoline engine versus the the battery battery side and and uh, you know they're they're here for the long haul. Um, so we're going to be here for them. Are you going to market to the uh, to 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 the marketplace uh, that you're doing hybrid electric? We already do somewhat. Um, we probably could do a better job of that, um, but we should if, if now that I think about Wait it. Wait a minute. I just heard a we should. <laughs> we should. We should. Okay. So I think I heard a call to action. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's what we do here. We, we try to change people's ways. Don't talk about it. Do it, right? That's right. So what are you going to, you going to email me next week and say, hey, I'm, I'm marketing hybrid repair. Sure. Thank you. Sure. See, we just changed a life right here, right now. <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, I know. Great. Cool. Kathleen, education, training. What are you doing for your people? I mean, because that's a huge, huge market change that's going on, bigger and better than ever. Absolutely. Um, well, we've, we've worked a program out with Standard, so we have access to all of their online training from Auto Care Association to try it out. And uh, with being a Napa Gold shop now, I have full access to all the auto tech training online as well as the in-class. So I have asked my technicians to go in and really dive deep into the auto tech site and take as many classes as they can. We've created some incentives for them to complete ASE classes, certifications, and, you know, different areas. Um, I know that the Tampa DC has some ADOS classes coming. We just did a one, two, three, four YF class mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all this technology and you really kind of, as a shop owner, a, a smaller shop owner, you have to decide where you're going to put your dollars. So we're, I'm, I'm hoping to send them to a broad spectrum to see what their strengths and weaknesses and passions might be. You know, we have one guy that already has knowledge and working knowledge of hybrid electric and full electric vehicles. So, He's already got that, so he's really interested in looking into the ADOS and the electrical stuff. So, you know, I kind of let the my tech steer me with what their passion is, because without the passion, we're not going to be successful, and they're not going to want to go. I think that's a great point. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Are your techs telling you, hey, listen, boss, we need this? We, we just hired a, a new tech recently, and he's dying to get out there and get into different classes. He wants They want to learn, and they want to learn what's coming in the future so they stay relevant in the field. To what you were saying earlier, I think it's important. You can either be afraid of what's coming or you can embrace it. And right. when hybrids first came down the down the pike, our shop was one of the first to start working on them. And now we have people that, hey, we heard you specialize in hybrids, which we don't specialize in hybrids. Right. But people are seeking us out. Yep. So all this new technology, if you're the first on the block to do it, people are going to come to you as opposed to someone else. So I think it's important to embrace the technology. You, you, you and I talked, mm-hmm. and, and Kurt says you've got to avoid going viral. And that was one of his key, <laughs> key components here in, uh, 
in, in, you know, in, in, with market changes. And you know what? When I thought about it, I realized how important it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason this came up, we recently had a uh, Napa Business Development Group meeting, and we, we brought it up. I know someone on Facebook that posted a video, a local company, their driver was driving on a flooded street, driving very fast. The waves were going in cars. They stopped him. That driver starts yelling and cursing out at, at the person filming. Well, try to report it to the company. The person puts it on Facebook. Within two weeks, that company had 15 one-star reviews. Now their ratings are on the toilet on Google, on Facebook, on Yelp. And just one incident like that can really tank a small business on your... We all know how important reviews are, right? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. And we need to make our employees aware that they're representing our company at all times. And one slip-up can, can be a disaster for the company. I agree. We've been focusing on online reviews for years because, you know, the more platforms people have to speak about you, the more opportunities you have to be seen. And you're so right. I mean, it's always that one, one little mistake you make. And, um, you know, 20 years ago, you know, it would have been a word of mouth thing. Now it's plastered all over every social media site that you you can find and, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I always tell people when you make a mistake, it's, it's not the mistake itself. That's the problem. It's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And absolutely. so that's why we make a point to um, respond to those reviews. If we, they're, they're few and far between, but it, it's very important to, to respond to those in a way that shows, you know, you are <laughs> you care. sane mm-hmm. usually because right. a lot of the ones that go and do that stuff, or not. <laughs> and out of that meeting we had the other day, someone made a good point. Customers have dash cams now. They do. So you got to watch what you're saying when you're pulling these customers' cars in and out of the shop. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen when they go home and they review the tape and you're like, oh, this car smells terrible. <laughs> they take offense to that and they post it on <laughs> Facebook. You know, what can you do? They got, they yeah. got the video. That's a great point. Uh, I, I remember doing an interview, and, and what, you know, a tactic came out about you know, reputation and managing it. And uh, the shop owner makes sure a couple of times a month that he gives fresh shirts to his team, gives them money, and say, go out to a restaurant and have lunch. And don't forget, behave. You're representing the company. And so it's a chance to go out and to be, if you will, pillarish in the community by wearing the shirt okay. and, and representing them. So I, and, and you know what, up, up to the point that you were making, Kurt, I think what that does is that conditions us to know uh, that if you're going to go out at the end of the day and take the uniform home, but on the way home you're going shopping and stopping, and if it's Lowe's or Home Depot's or wherever, yes. you're going to go buy groceries and bring it back, the things that you do and say represent the name on your shirt. Absolutely. Such a great point. And uh, boy, uh, I, I was recently, I did an interview a while back, uh, and I found out that if you typed in uh, car, uh, home repair in your town, Google is moving to only put up four to five star reviews in the, in the top of the, in the organic list. And, and that's one of the things that they're using uh, as to who they put up first. So if, if you decide to go out and really tank your star reviews, don't ever expect that you're going to get a listing in Google. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Good point. And I think that's that's critical. I think it's something we have to live with and deal with all the time. It's it's rare that I could come out and do a live town hall academy and have an audience. And I've done it a couple of other times. But we're in this huge ballroom, as you can imagine, the, the, the velvet drapes behind us. We're actually up on stage and we've got about 20 people. Glad to have you all here. Thank you so much for being here. The whole tech training thing uh, is, again, I think a critical piece. And we, I, I didn't drive down enough, but are the techs coming to you for what they want? Or are you doing the study and are you building online resumes? And are you looking for the gaps that they don't have in training? I know personally with this new hire, it's, I've taken it upon myself. We're, we're trying to figure out what we want to train them on step by step. Okay. So we, we're, we're searching out certain training classes. Like right now, we, we want to get them comfortable doing brake jobs. Okay. Well, first of all, the mm-hmm. audience should heed this because I think there's a blueprint here. Yes. So you're saying you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're creating a, care, a career path of training, mm-hmm. and, and it starts by, uh, are, are you, is there an online form? I mean, what are you doing to track it, uh, Kurt? Well, we start by training them in the shop. Okay. You know, we, we have them actually do a couple of brake jobs with one of our techs in the back. And right now, I mean, this is brand new for us. We haven't had a, to train someone new in a long time. I'm going into our auto tech classes, stuff like that, and, and researching how to get, basically we want to get him ASC certified in each, each separate category. So right now we're building, we're building him up to be able to take that ASC brake test so that he can be uh, uh, certified in that. And then we're going to move from there. I don't know what's next. We're going we're gonna to build him up and see what he's comfortable with because he's also taking classes at our local trade school in Delgado. Yeah. So we're trying to mirror it with what he takes each semester so that he can, at the end of the semester, he can yeah. be certified in that class. This happens to be breaks this time. So. I, I heard a rumor that Napa's got an apprenticeship program coming out next month. I heard month. that rumor too. I think we all did. Very I think that's going to be... I, I really am Whispers. looking forward to that. They they told us about that yesterday in, mm-hmm. in our group meeting. And as somebody in a really small area that doesn't have a huge pool, I mean, I know none of us do, but in our area, we really don't have a huge pool of technicians to pull from. So to have a blueprint that is consistent. So if my tech decided to move to Oregon or, you know, it's here, Louisiana, it would be a similar apples to apples set of training, even if he was he or she was green mm-hmm. and not all the way through the, the the process or had just finished the process. So I really think giving us that ability tool and blueprint SOP to train somebody um, from start to finish and, and they earn a, a, a set of tools, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. that that's part of the program. Yeah. I, I really think that holds the shop owners accountable, the other employees accountable, you know, your techs, your service advisors, and really sets new folks into the industry up for amazing success. Not that they're not getting that at tech school. I think the tech schools have really, let's be honest, the one in Sarasota by us has better equipment than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time those kids come out, they're going to be wor- they're going to be trained on equipment that I finally have probably you know and so i think that working together from the napa side or you know the the supplier side the shop side the technical school side really coming together and coming up with a solution and not talking about it is fantastic but what can Absolutely. we learn what can we learn from a a a program <laughs> uh, as you mentioned uh, you know the rumor about the apprentice program but it's got to come with a with with a 
with a set of guides and systems and, 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 and here are the classes, okay? It's a huge commitment on both parts. But think about our legacy people. They're, they're, they're not apprentices. They're journeymen. Right. And some of our journeyman technicians, they're not up to speed. Yeah. I mean, you guys just did some hybrid training, but, you know, uh, is GDI, you know, everybody done with those classes? Have they gone through basic electric every couple of years? And, and my, my point about uh, market changes is, is tech training keeping up and the standards that it takes. And I'm driving this point I have often about building a resume inside the business. It's a Google Doc. It's, it's some kind of document we could all take a look at every time a class goes up. And as I said earlier, look for the gaps in training. Or, or if not, it's a spreadsheet. And here's, and here's a tech, and here's the class. And if you go down and only one of my guys has taken this particular class, then you go to your supplier and you say, hey, I need a class on this. I think we're just letting the techs choose what they want to do instead of helping hold their hand or guide them. And am, am I crazy in my thinking? Oh, no. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as shop owners, sometimes we lose track of, of where the gaps are. There right. It is. And yeah. having, 100%. Right. Yeah. having a spreadsheet, just like you said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do that when we get back to our shop because I don't know the last time our, our techs been to, to X training, Y training. I don't know when he did that. Let me tell you what you have. You have the bookshelf in the back room where it's called the credenza materials, right? Mm -hmm. Every time they come back with a manual, it goes up on the, uh, on the shelf. Now, if you actually take all of them, put them in a big box and start sorting them, the name and the date the guy went, you could start. But if anything's older than three or four years, don't put it on there. Because things Probably have changed, changed right? Oh, yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, maybe this is a great call to action coming out of this show. Is uh, is you say, hey, you're going to go back and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just take the old manuals and figure it out. Wow. Hey, boss, look at all those great training courses I've been to. That you ten you years have, ago. You have a pile of manuals in your shop. Uh, well, if not manuals, <laughs> they're they're they're. The thank goodness, thank goodness, AutoTech tracks that for us yeah, well, <laughs> on the they're, website. They're, you can see what your employees have done. Yeah, so. that's the point. Well, then, if you have that with Napa, oh yeah, fabulous. fabulous. If you have your tech set up and they do the um, the class pass, it tracks all the classes they've gone to. Is it online? That's online training. Mm-hmm. No, well, no that's you're in person. You swipe too. your wow. card yeah, when you go in, and it tracks it as fabulous. well. Fabulous. Well, that's yeah, great. absolutely. Nice job, Jason. Whoa. Woohoo. Shout out Excellent. to Jason Rainey. Man. Excellent. Woo. Woo. I'm with Luke Hederscheidt, quality control here at Jasper. So QC for me, Luke, is Everest. It's at the top of the heap. Yeah, uh, we take a lot of pride in our in our quality, and uh, we build a lot of quality into our processes and our machining efforts, uh, machining processes that we use. Um, my role here actually is to go out and look and see what different technologies are out there for different machining operations, um, what kind of additive technology that we can use, any kind of automation and stuff like that. But go out, research, figure out what's going to work best and what's going to produce the best quality products for our customers. What do you like the most about your job? It's actually getting involved in a little bit of everything. I really like that I get to see what what is coming down the pipeline, what our OE's manufacturer is doing, and how can we take some of those processes and bring them in-house to make sure that we have the best quality. Do you love what you do? Absolutely. How long have you been at Jasper? Ten years, straight out of college. The only job you've ever had? The only real job I've ever had. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I worked in a couple of factories while I was in college. Thank you, Luke. A member of the 100% associate-owned company, 
at jasperengines.com. Hey, thanks for Kathleen Jarzik, Kurt Valvis, and Brent Thompson from being here. Hey, I'm live in Biloxi, Mississippi at the uh, 2019 Southeast Division Auto Care Conference here at Napa. It's going on the whole weekend. In fact, we would have had a much bigger audience, but they're out fishing and golfing today. I mean, this is not just training. This is fun stuff. How cool is that? How cool is that? Golfing and fishing does not hold a candle to being up here with you. Yes. Oh. We wanted to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We'd rather be here. Forget it. All right. Okay, good, good. So, Brent, we know that the vehicles are lasting longer. We also know that electrics are going to have less parts. We we almost have to change our business model a little bit and and worry about maintenance. We do. We do. Um, The days of spark plugs lasting 30,000 miles and um, fluids lasting, you know, um, 30,000 miles or whatever, you know, with these vehicles that are coming with, you know, lifetime fluids and 120,000 mile spark plugs and things like that, um, we can either look at it as as a, a lost sale or we can look at it as a way to educate our customers and prepare them for that future because not only are those services further out, but they're more expensive than they used to be. And um, so we have tried to do a really good job of inspecting the vehicles. Um, We're implementing uh, digital vehicle inspections so that we can give pictures. Um, We can send emails with educational videos um, and just valuable tools that the customer can have without even having us tell them about it um, on their smartphones and um, make decisions from there when we give them a call. And um, some of them will even text you. They don't even call you to approve the repairs. I think that education in educating our customers is probably one of the most valuable things that we have learned to do in the last five years uh, because they don't know anything about their car. That's why they come to us. These cars that have $1,000 headlights, I mean, <laughs> I had an Escalade come in and, and the whole headlight was $1,000 and they were blown away, but they don't, they don't tell them all this when they buy the cars, you know? And it's our job to help them understand what they're, they're rolling around in every day yeah. and what's coming down the pike and how to deal with it. And if they feel informed and they feel prepared, then there's that element of trust and that relationship with us that makes them comfortable in, in servicing their vehicle and making them last a long time. Right. I, I'll tell you, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and I've bought a lot of cars. One of my first cars I bought, they, the salesman took the time to actually show me all the features and how they worked on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a 45-minute to an hour onboarding process from, for buying your vehicle. And I just bought a car about a little over a year ago, and um, the guy showed me, it's a convertible, so the guy showed me how to put the top down and put it back up and then sent me on my way. You know, it's got um, I mean, so wait a minute, many... Wait a minute, you bring up a great point. People are driving ADAS-equipped vehicles, and, and they, they don't have, have a clue. No clue. What, you know, I mean, it's a $1,000 headlight, but, you know, so they could... Let's uh, let's be honest. They're going to go on on eBay or Rock Auto or one of those places that don't teach them anything. They have no idea what they're doing, and they're going to get in there, try to change that headlight out, put it back in, and not realize that the entire car has to be recalibrated. They're just going to drive it down the street with the dashboard lit up like a Christmas tree, and you know they knock a yaw sensor and it decides it's pulling them into the next lane the next time they turn the cruise control on. 
for the adaptive cruise control. Well, well let's hope and they that hit somebody. But let's let's hope that doesn't work, right? Because it's not calibrated, and I think that's how it. I mean, doesn't it d- disable the system? You hope. All right. I mean, you see, I'm not smart enough to know that. Anybody here know that? Does the uh, do the systems get disabled if uh, the, the calibration's out of whack? Lane keep, for example. All right, we don't know that here. Not but, sure. Uh, all but, right. I mean, people shouldn't be in there messing with all of those things, moving sensors, touching things, changing headlights. And they don't understand that, that they can't even change a headlight anymore by themselves. So that's right. our job to educate that client Perfect. on their, their vehicle. It's not about taking that out of the, the DIY hands. It's educating them that these are the things you should be cautioned. Remember when airbags came out, we had to be careful. We had to teach them that airbags are not something you want to be in there messing with. Um, you know, and so the the responsibility of training people on all of this technology really is falling into our hands now instead of the dealerships and the salespeople. So the client buys a brand new car and they have taken their their eight or nine year car out of your 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 revenue side. OK, yes. Well, uh, they have a second car and that that's in there now. But, you know, you may uh, they may be lured back to the dealer for the free oil change thing. And would it be smart, because I think I heard all of you shake your head and say, yes, you know, you know, we have women clinics, we have STEM classes now, we're bringing kids into to the shop. We did, we did a show uh, on events yes. <laughs> with, with Bambi a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And she's got all these great events going on. Why not a high, you know, get to know your high tech car, bring it in, park it on the lot, but yet have, bring one of them inside and walk through it from A to Z. Right. And again, you're both talking about educating our customer. That keeps them in the fold. It keeps them yes. as a customer that's, that, that can retention and loyalty, even though you may not see that car uh, for, for four or five years for some real work. As, yeah. as you say, everything's lasting longer. Wouldn't it be great? Every time something works or lights up or does something automatically from, a, from an 8S Level 3 vehicle, who are they going to think about? Us. Yeah, that's what the, the person who yes. taught him about yes. it. Mm-hmm. And that's that relationship part. You know, we, we constantly tell our customers, you know, we don't care how stupid you think the question is. We don't care how silly you think the topic may be. That's what we're here for. Call us. Ask us. Come by. I mean, I'll sit there for 20, 30 minutes and show them how to input their uh, destinations in their navigation yes. systems or set up their Bluetooth. Set up their Bluetooth. The I do that yeah. all the time. You know, and, yep. and that's that's part of customer service. Yep. And, what we uh, do today takes care of tomorrow. It does. They, they'll it be does. back. Their friends will all come back. You and know, that's just it. Absolutely. And whether we're fixing their car or not, they'll leave a good review or refer us. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the market challenges that are coming at us. Um, I don't want to say technician shortage. I hate it anymore. I've talked about it too much on the show. Technician opportunity? Well, no. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those, if you will, dumping buckets. You know, what's, what's wrong? And I'd rather want to know the solutions. So what are you doing about growing your own? What are you doing about uh, building uh, a, a, a base of, of loyal uh, technicians in, in training? Is it something we need to worry about inside your shops? I mean, have you basically said, hey, listen, uh, that's never going to affect me. How are you dealing with it? Well, personally, um, we're always searching. You know, I think everybody would be crazy not to. We're probably not doing as diligent a job of advertising the need because we don't want just anybody in our team. You know, we are, we're very 
particular. We don't have a lot of turnover at our shop. And that's what I was going to say. Our main focus is, is on the guys we do have forming a, a family in our team that, you know, we rely on each other. We, you know, uh, have fun together. We, you know, I'll take them out and, and get them a meal or, or whatever, or because they're with us probably more hours of the day than they are at home yep. and providing them with the opportunities for training, um, providing opportunities for um, furthering their, their education, learning new things, um, you know, with uh, benefits. We just, after 30 years, decided to uh, close on Saturdays. Good and for you. That was, a, that was a huge discussion. My dad, for years and years and years, was completely family time and and being able to have that weekend for themselves is far more important than than any time they would spend at our shop while we're open. Yep, you and giving you know, them that time will absolutely increase productivity Monday through Friday. And and our numbers haven't changed at all yep. and they're happier for it. Well, that was my businessman's question I was going to ask next. So the revenue didn't hurt at all. Nope. The team stepped to the plate, really. Well, and that's the discussion I I had before, you know, I was like, you know, we're going to have to take care of our customers because we don't want us closing, you know, on the weekends to negatively impact our customers. What did the customers say? Did they say, Hey, it's not convenient anymore. Did you lose a few? You know what? Most of them said good for you. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you have a good client base too. When, when they, they see you do things like that, they're like, good for you. I, I went on vacation for the first time, like real vacation. And, um, so many, of my clients left messages on my Facebook page. I'm so glad to hear that you're finally taking a vacation. Good for you. I mean, that's when you know that you're doing it right. You're establishing real bonds and relationships with people that, you know, no, no big box shop is going to come in and steal that from you. Right. I, I think that that is really the key, regardless of the change in technology and, and all of the things coming at us. If we stay at that core piece of making and reminding all of our staff and creating that culture and keeping that culture of, of caring and community and um, relationships. When they do have a problem with, you know, something that they don't understand how to make their window go up and down or, or to pair their Bluetooth, they don't go back to the guy that sold them the car. Mm -hmm. They come to me and say, Hey, can you teach me how to do this? I mean, I drove past the dealership to come to you because I trust you that you're going to take care of me. And I think that when they cheer you on for doing, congratulations, by the way, Saturdays being closed is amazing, that they're cheering you on for that. You might lose one or two, but they'll be back. Oh, yeah. They'll figure out how to fit you into the right, you know, get back to you because of what you've done. But uh, I think that that should be like a real pat on the back that they're congratulating you. You've done very well. Mm-hmm. Are you guys uh, open or closed, Kurt? Oh, we're closed on Saturdays. Good. That's a fishing day right there. Ah, where's dad? Dad's in here. Uh, I mean, he's, he's right he must have. Is he there? Oh, yeah, there he well, is. He sneaks out on Friday, so. Oh. Oh. So you got a four-day week. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Every time someone says anything in my world, in my life, in my surroundings, it just, it always triggers something. And, and you said vacation. Uh, have you had a vacation in a while? Yes. Serious one? Yes. Well, you got your brother to back you up, right? Right. And, and that's... And you got dad to back you mm -hmm. up. Right. But, uh, but I, I bet you I'm talking to... Uh, we're, we're, this, this podcast is going to reach people that don't have a life, that are working 70 hours a week, that, that are in this negative vortex. Yeah. And uh, so I can't put this book down. I started to read it. 
uh, on the plane coming down. It's from Mike Michalowicz. You know, I've done a ton of stuff oh, on, Mike, on Mike, who wrote Profit First. Yes. In fact, we're having a Profit First Town Hall Academy coming up. I think uh, it's not, if not next week, the week after. Yes. And, and Mike, is ba- this whole book is about taking a month's vacation at the end of the book. And that you can actually leave and take a month's vacation. So uh, no doubt this is going to become a, a great talking point for <laughs> yeah. me in the future. So great. Communications, everyone. Let's kind of maybe wrap this up with a discussion on communications, which to me in my mind is a market uh, challenge, is, is, is changing going on in the market. You, you said earlier, Kathleen, we've got to communicate to our customers. You said it's cool, DVI, I can text, I can text my customers. We did a show last week on soft skills, you know, right here, same day, you know, Town Hall Academy on life skills and soft skills. And the biggest thing that came out of it was communications and listening. The number one most important soft or life skill that you can have. Is that going to be a critical key in each of your businesses? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, explain it. I'll give each of you kind of the last word to explain it here. Well, I think that it helps everyone. Um, be productive. You know, I've been in some shops where, you know, the, the front counter doesn't know what's happening at the service advisor counter and the technicians don't know what's happening at the service advisor counter and who's waiting on parts, who's waiting on sales. Everybody shaking their head in this room. Yes. yes. Did you notice? <laughs> the whole room shaking. Everybody on the panel, everybody in the audience, everybody in the virtual audience is shaking. I feel it. I just feel that. Thanks for nailing that. Yeah. And, and so that's one of the things that I'm most excited about with this DVI thing, because it's all right there on the dashboard and we can see what cars are waiting to be assigned to a technician. We can see which cars are in progress. We can see which cars are waiting on approval or waiting on parts. Um, it, it's, hopefully going to take all those loose ends and put them in one place for us to to be as efficient and effective as possible. Excellent. Communications. Kurt? I think one of our biggest issues is actually listening to the customer and that's huge. what they want. Because we hear someone call in and he's like, oh, can I get my front brakes changed? Well, why do you want those front brakes changed? Yes. Where did you get it checked out before? Who told you you need brakes? And then not just that, the best way to communicate with them. We have issues all the time. We, our habit was to just call the customer when it's time to give an estimate. And I'm trying to, we're trying to break down that habit and say, let's, people text now. People have whole conversations over texts. I have friends that don't talk to on the phone anymore. We just text. If we can't, if we call and we, they don't get an answer, just text them. And we, we've had so much more success getting customers to call back through texting. And it just makes things much easier. And you're trying to be as efficient, as fast in the shop as you can be. You, we, now we started asking them, what's the best way to reach you? Email, text, call. And let them tell us the best way to communicate with them. Because we're thinking about, okay, if we talk to him, we can explain and we can get it done. But if he can't talk, we, we still want to get on the job. We still need to get this thing rolling. Just not just listening, not, or not just the way you communicate, but also listening to what's best for the customer. You were saying just a minute earlier about listening to the customer, and we did a great town hall academy a while back. Uh, we were talking about service service professionals, and it was write a novel. Uh, the, my big takeaway from the town hall academy was when you listen to the customer, don't just say you know s- send the ticket back, advise. Especially if they if they spoke to you at ten minutes mm-hmm. in length, yes. it makes noise when it does this and that. I've been feeling this. You need to write it all down. And then my takeaway was write a novel and send it back. And you all agree. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a great, it's a great point. 
Is that communications? Bingo. It's listening at the highest level. And it's empathetic listening because you're leaning in and you're writing everything down. And we can't do enough or work that harder on our counters in our, in our industry. And when we do, and we do more of it, we'll continue to beat the dealer at their game. 100%. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it goes the other way as well. You know, um, we've done DVI for, I think, close to two years now. Um, it, it was a struggle to get it started. Some days it's a struggle to get them to continue it, even though everybody in the shop realizes that it's a fantastic tool. Um, but to develop that, and you know, especially if you're newer to the game, start it right. You say write a novel. So the, the service advisor or CSR in the front needs to write a novel to send to the technician. The technician, as you're doing that DVI, use that voice-to-text oh, yeah. capability. Nothing is more powerful for a service advisor. I mean, I'm a, I'm a front-of-the-house employee. I'm, I'm not a back-of-the-house. I've always been in the front. So nothing is more f- powerful to a client than the technician's words. Not my words as the service advisor. I mean, I can, I can change the language so that you can understand it a little better, but nothing is more powerful than that notes section and the technician's actual words. Put them in there. It seems silly that you would say whatever. And it, oh, the content almost is irrelevant, but that it's officially coming from the person uh-huh. with their hands on your vehicle. Um, communication has, is always important, whether it's, you know, our business or it's, like Carm said, relationships. I mean, everything is all about communication. And so the DVI... R- really opens that window to be able to communicate how the client wants to be communicated with and to you. But that's, that's the vehicle that opens up from the technician through the service advisor to the client. It opens transparency. It really cleans up our industry image because there are a lot of people that gave us a lot of black eyes. And I, I, I fully think that DVI is the way that we're going to clear tons of that out and change the industry mm-hmm. as we all really get on it and it becomes more consistent. I'm cool in my area right now because I'm the only one doing it. Eventually, it's going to be just like the paper ones. You know, everybody's going to be doing it, but it's going to become an expectation of our clients that, well, if you don't do this, then, you know, maybe you're not being as transparent with mm-hmm. me and you're not communicating with me as well as you could be. So I think all of these tools that are being provided to us and for us are, are only going to enhance the communication ability. But I, I highly recommend um, coaching your technicians to start in the beginning. That way it's not a, a habit you're changing. Put your words in there. Your service advisor can always take them out. Right, true. Put your words in there. Kurt, are you doing DVI? We're, we are actually, we just signed up last week to start. Okay, okay great. And, and so you, you're, you, have a, you have a stair to climb. Yes. But absolutely. there's so many other people that can help you climb them stairs faster because there's, you know... Uh, if you will, the the, uh, the blazers that have gone before you. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, About two years, All right, I think. so two years. So she's going to help you. She's going to come up to your place, and she's going to help you get started. Come train us. So, I'm coming in February. So it's really tough to ask you two guys, Kurt and Brent, but Kathleen, I, I think you said this, and let me, let me get, get you to paraphrase it again. A lot more trust in the relationship yes. with this information? Yes, it reminds me of when it's sweeps week on TV, they always seem to go out and do these, you know, automotive scams. You know, yeah. they, they yeah. set they set a car, you know, and somebody goes in and, you know, there's some really legitimate things that are done. Yes. That, you know, we're charging for our time. Uh, 
and we, you know, we find the problem, we charge, we find the problem, we don't charge. You, you, can't, you can't win or you can't lose if you're honest. And, and I believe with digital vehicle inspections, I think the industry will end up uh, turning it. I believe in 10 years, you'll never see a TV, uh, like a, a TV show that's going out looking for scam automotive people. Because I think the industry is going to feel a level of trust, just a feel, a feel of trust because we've earned it. Absolutely. Because, because we've earned it with, with technology. And you were, you were talking about tech and, you know, texting and tech and, you know, how, how tough it is for some of our people to get into it. But I think the words are uh, adopt it and adapt to it. And we, we, have to, we have to learn. It's just like here comes a new car. It's a diagnostic challenge I've never had before. But we can figure it out. We're good. Yep. Right? This is no different. You're absolutely right. It's a diagnostic challenge. Well, think about it. We're, there's four of us sitting right here right now. If one of us at the shop, if somebody at the shop had to speak to one of us right this minute and they called us, we wouldn't answer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're sitting in this meeting and if, you know, you knew that it was your shop, I could, I could look at that and go, oh, that's a fire I need to put out. You know I mean? So our clients are, are living the same kind of hectic day-to-day schedules that we are. And so that gives them the ability. I have a lot of clients that are teachers at the school across the street. They can't stop and pick up the phone and talk to me about their car. But I can text them and say, you know, Jamie, you need a battery in your car. This is what the cost is going to be. And right back, you know, it's a four second response time or something ridiculous like that. Whereas a phone call is four minutes or, right. you know, so it, it, we time it down and really break down the, the, the raw vehicle data. But if you think about how it feels is when you ask the client, you know, can I call you? And man, I'd really rather you text me because I'm going to be in this meeting all day and I really want to get my car fixed. So, and, and that's where it goes back to establishing that level of trust and without words, that's what the DVI does. It, Mm -hmm. it, it, it's the phone conversation on their phone, you know, in, in text, in, in, a website. Hey, this was a blast. We're in Biloxi, Mississippi at the 2019 Southeast Division Auto Care Conference for NAPA, NAPA. Uh, I'm going to actually speak to this wonderful group tomorrow on uh, my, my, my keynote speech. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you all so much. Kathleen Jarzik, Kurt Valvis, and Brent Robinson. Thank you all for being here. Have Thank a great weekend. Thank you, Carm. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.